Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Join Grace and her guest of the week as they discuss lessons learned in the industry and explore unique insights into ethical growth. Hello, welcome back to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I'm excited to be here today with my friend Colin Carr of Carr Inc. Colin, thanks for being here. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Of course. So as always, we're looking to bring helpful information to the dental community. Um, And today we're going to be talking about real estate and leases and providing you with information that will absolutely, I don't know, make you some money, save you some money, um, and really make your life easier. So um, I've got a few questions for you, Colin. We'll see how this goes. Um, My first question for you is, tell me about some of the what are some of the top mistakes that healthcare providers make with their leases? Well, I think it starts with understanding that real estate for most healthcare providers is typically their second or third highest expense. A lot of times it's number two behind payroll. And so the first thing is talking to healthcare providers, do you understand how much is on the line with a good or a poorly negotiated purchase or lease contract? So they just don't even think about that. No, they just, they just assume it's an expense they have to deal with. They're focused on concepts like how can I cut my merchandise order? Uh, how can I maybe uh, not overpay for staff? And they're focused on areas that are important to, to, to pay attention to when it comes to overhead. But they look at the real estate as kind of a necessary evil that comes around every once, once every five or 10 years. And a lot of times they don't give it the attention it deserves. They don't have an intentional strategy when it comes to how am I going to create a posture how am I going to make sure that I don't miss understanding all my available options? And then how am I going to capitalize to make sure that I don't overpay? And when we break the numbers down for most healthcare providers, you know, we look at a, an average size dental office or healthcare office and say, let's say it's you know, 3,000 square feet. If you negotiate a lease and you overpay by 2 or $3 per square foot on that lease, that's, that's a six or $9,000 mistake per year. And then you compound that by adding that up over five or 10 years. And all of a sudden you have a pretty significant issue. And, and for all the healthcare providers, when you bill a dollar, you don't keep a dollar. So you make a hundred thousand dollar mistake on your lease. That could be $300,000 of production that you have to produce just to pay for the mistake that you made. And then if you take it one step further and you get into other concepts such as, did you get the proper tenant improvement or renovation allowance on a lease? Did you get the proper build out period? Uh, did you get free rent during your negotiation? What are your annual increases? And then that opens the door to other business negotiations too. What type of assignability language you have if you want to sell or transfer your practice? And the, the bottom line is you get into a place where if you make a mistake with your real estate, it can cost you tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's a, that's a pretty big mistake. And then you keep going with that. Then when you get ready to renegotiate your next lease, if you're way above market, it's even harder to get it back to the current market. So the bottom line is we like to tell healthcare providers that real estate is one of your top, one of your top highest expenses, typically behind payroll. Sometimes it's number three behind equipment supplies, depending on the, the, the type of practice, the age of practice. But the bottom line is there's a little bit of margin with supplies and equipment. Uh, payroll's not very negotiable. If you don't pay people what they deserve, they go somewhere else. When it comes to real estate, especially commercial real estate, it's 100% negotiable. And the difference between a properly or poorly negotiated transaction can, can either benefit or cost you a significant amount of money. Makes sense to me. Complete sense. I just moved my office from a, from a 
bigger office building to a smaller space. We actually fit better in this space. And I picked up a second office in a different area to be able to recruit and I'm still paying less than what I was paying at my original location with two offices. And it's just opened up a world of, of potential and opportunity. And I think with this whole current situation with these PPP loans and all that fun stuff that, that we're sick of hearing about, I'm sure, um, it's brought attention to the fact that this is one of our main expenses. Like this is the one thing besides payroll that the government was like automatically, like it goes towards, you know, your lease your or your mortgage, whatever that is. So that kind of brings me to my, my next question. If someone is a business owner and especially a dental practice, they're going to be in practice for a long time. Um, should they consider purchasing or should they stick with lease? Our opinion on that is you should look at all your options. A lot of times a healthcare provider will have some advice from maybe a consultant or a coach, or maybe they go back to a professor at dental school. And a lot of times those people had very strong opinions of you always have to own, or there's actually a large group of people that say you should never own in a healthcare provider practice, you should always lease. And really there, there's no one size fits all. A lot of times it's dictated by what's available. It's not like residential where you can almost always find a house in, in any given neighborhood. When it comes to commercial real estate, if you're a healthcare provider and you want to lease, you know, a couple thousand square feet, there may be a couple options available or there's, it's possible there's not a single option available in the area that you want to be located in. Our personal opinion is you should look at all your options. You, you should look at options to lease, options to purchase. You should look at retail locations that have large signage, visibility, easy access, but you should also look at office options as well. Maybe have better window lines, uh, maybe a more professional office setting, uh, synergy of other healthcare providers or other tenants. And the idea with your real estate is you should have a strategy. It starts with knowing your options. And then one of the other things we highly encourage all of our clients or anyone we talk to is you should negotiate with multiple landlords or sellers simultaneously. And that's a big difference between residential real estate. Typically in residential real estate, whether you go look at properties with an agent or you're doing your, your online searches through the, the, the Zillow, the Trulia, the Redfin, all the realtor.com, you're looking at stuff online, window shopping, and then you pick a house. And then in residential, you typically submit a purchase contract. And if the seller accepts it, you're under contract and you're locked into that property. And at that point, the, the negotiation's done outside of maybe an inspection report here or there. When it comes to commercial real estate, the differences are you go to the market and you look at your top properties and whether that's two, three or 10 properties, you have a lot of negotiating that's going to happen over weeks or even months of time before you can actually choose which property to move forward with. And so the idea is a lot of healthcare providers will pick one property. They'll say, well, this fits my needs or I like it or it's easy or it's the first one I looked at or I, I, you know, I know the area and they'll start negotiating with that one property and they'll put all their eggs in that one basket. And the challenge with that is they don't get a benchmark or a comparison to what other landlords or sellers would be willing to offer. And it gets really tough to compare. Is this a good deal or is this an average deal? Is this a poor deal? Uh, they don't have that leverage. And then a lot of times the landlords will know if they're only engaged in one negotiation, the landlord's going to realize this person's not probably going to go somewhere else. It's probably my deal to make. I probably don't have to give them as good of terms or as aggressive as uh uh, concessions to make this, this transaction happen. And so that's another big mistake healthcare providers make is picking a property, going after it, and assuming they're going to get the best deal. If you had three or four properties you're negotiating with and you can compare them and you can, you can hedge one against the other, 
you know if you're getting a good deal. If you're negotiating with three or four landlords and three landlords are giving you a certain amount of free rent and one's not, you have a comparison it, or a benchmark. Absolutely. It's like if you walk into a new house, you're, you don't go, oh, I love this one. This is it. This is the one I want. Like that reaction just cost you a lot of money. Absolutely. <laughs> So you don't show your cards. You have you have leverage, which is easily, I, I shouldn't say easily. N none of this sounds easy, by the way, for, especially for a, a practicing dentist. And Colin, that's what your company helps with, right? Like you can actually, because someone's listening right now and just trying to like click off the podcast, but they're stuck and it's still running. And they're like, this sounds like too much work. So, and I know that's not like, this is off track, but this is something that they can get professional support in right absolutely and that's really that that's the point is uh like, like anything in life you can try to do it yourself you can do the the diy approach and there's certain things that that you can accomplish successfully when it comes to commercial real estate you can do it yourself it typically comes at the cost of 30 to 40 hours of your time which is arguably worth tens of thousands of dollars and then it typically has uh the result of costing you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in a in a poorly negotiated transaction that a lot of times leaves you exposed. So uh, yes, our, our company our company represents a couple thousand healthcare providers per year, coast to coast. We're, we're doing transactions in every state across the country. And it doesn't matter what the transaction is, whether it's a, a new office, whether you're relocating, you're doing a startup, whether you're buying a building. Uh, the number one transaction that we are involved in is actually the lease renewal. People mm -hmm. that are in a space, they like it, they don't want to move, but you have to negotiate that. That's actually the transaction where more healthcare providers leave money on the table than any other transaction mm -hmm. because they don't understand how to create posture, how to create leverage, how to go to the market appropriately. They don't have the time to do it. And so we offer that service. I, I always say DIY usually doesn't get done. It's, it should be like DIYM, like do it yourself maybe if you get time. Yeah. <laughs> It just Absolutely. doesn't usually get done. So like we go into it and like someone somewhere is like taking notes and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this on my next one. And then like the time comes and it's not that you don't have the expertise. It's not that you can't learn it or figure it out. It's that, is it the highest and best use of your time to learn this entire new skill that you're likely not going to turn into like, like this business? You're only going to have to do this every time the lease is up. So um, tell me, give me some advice. How can a healthcare provider save a hundred thousand dollars on their next lease renewal? So it starts with the fact that you going back to what we just said, you can't negotiate with just your landlord you know, prior to going to your current landlord. You've got to go to the market and you've got to see what's available and you've got to get an understanding or a benchmark or a ruler to compare your current scenario with based upon the market. Most people have a lease coming up for expiration and they pull the traditional, you know, asking the landlord, you know, what would you do for me if I wanted to stay? And the landlord hears this, all right? The, the, the healthcare provider says, what would you do for me if I wanted to stay? Or would you send me a proposal? The, this is what the landlord hears. The landlord hears the person say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm looking for you to take advantage of me right now. Would you please, <laughs> would you please charge me, you know, thousands of tens of thousands of dollars more per year than I want to pay? Because I have not hired professional representation if I was prepared, I would have submitted an offer to you based upon the market. I wouldn't even be talking to you if I knew what I was doing right now. Someone else would be, thank you very much. That's what the landlord heard because that's, that's how commercial real estate works. 
if the if the tenant was Chipotle or Starbucks, or if it was a large office user like a like a Charles Schwab or a Merrill Lynch or or, or pick some large office user, they would never say send me an offer. They would never say what would you do for me. They would have all the market data figured out. They have all the research done, and then they'd have three or four backup offers, and then they would submit an offer to their current landlord saying you're competing for wow. our business. So you go on offense. That's how you do it. You just, you, you go on offense, but you have the expertise behind you to know, okay, this is going to be a really aggressive, but realistic offer. And then you negotiate just like if you were buying anything else, you negotiate. Absolutely. It, it's you, you have a comparison or a benchmark. You, you're not willing to pay, you know, $25 a square foot to stay at your current space at the other three properties in the area are at 22. Yeah. And if the, space, if the space goes vacant, you know, for a fact, the landlord is not going to be able to lease it for 25. He or she would lease it for 22 or whatever the numbers are. Yeah. And so what it comes down to is you have to have market intelligence and you have to have a strategy. And this is where healthcare providers usually have the disconnect. As you mentioned, they say, well, it seems too confusing. I don't have time for it. I like where I'm at. You know, it seems good enough. And so what they do is they get an offer from the landlord and they just barter. They just say, hey, well, you know, would you reduce this or would you increase this? And they're going to get a little bit of movement because landlords know if I give them a little bit of movement, they're going to feel like they got an okay deal or it was a fair shake. What they don't realize is they're leaving still tens to hundreds of thousand dollars on the you table. Know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to this feeling. I don't like negotiating. I don't like it. Like, and I'm a business owner and I have people trying to like negotiate with me all the time. And I'm just like annoyed by it. I'm like, well, what do you want to pay? Like, can you, can we just stop <laughs> this uncomfortable conversation as soon as possible? I think a lot of people feel that way. And they're just, it's, it's like an uncomfortable thing. Other people love it. Like, I think, I think certain personalities, like it's fun. Like it's kind of a game. Like they enjoy getting, a really good deal and and so for me hearing this to be able to just give it to someone else makes sense because I'd probably be the worst negotiator on the planet um, and I think a well, lot of yeah I think a lot of my dentists would be pretty bad negotiators too well here's the reality there's an inherent amount of conflict and confrontation in any negotiation whether it's a, a small dollar but let alone you get into a high dollar negotiation that's typically hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for their office space, there's going to be a level of conflict and confrontation. And here's why the landlord knows if they make it uncomfortable and that causes you to push back or stop pushing back, or that gets you uncomfortable to where you won't fight as hard for your rights or for what you could get. That's a benefit to the landlord of tens of thousands of dollars. And so for a landlord to tell a healthcare provider, we don't do this, or the answer is no, or for them to make it uncomfortable, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a really easy landlord tactic because if you bite off on that, if you get uncomfortable, if you don't have the market research and then you, 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 know, you relent on that, the landlord just made a significant amount of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the most important thing to understand when it comes to negotiating for commercial real estate is, is if you don't have market intelligence, you don't have other comparable options, you are just bluffing, you're bartering. And that's when it gets uncomfortable because you're like, I hope they don't know that I'm bluffing. I hope they don't call my bluff. I hope they don't, you know, hope they don't call my hand. If you have market intelligence and you have a posture and a strategy based upon other options, there's not as much confrontation and conflict because it's very matter of fact. It's, it's, you know, Hey, I'm very willing to discuss staying in your building for $22 a square foot. If you want to charge 25, it just doesn't make sense for my practice, for my future, for my staff, my patients, you know, et cetera. And we wish you the best of luck. At that point, you turn the tables. The landlord knows you have other options. You're not going to get taken advantage of. 
And that's when the game changes. It changes when you have other options that are viable and you understand how to execute those options. That makes perfect sense. And I think you, you also don't wanna be in a situation where even if you're not bluffing, they think you're bluffing because you want a win-win situation. So let's say, I mean, you could mess it up without trying to mess it up, right? Like I could go to my landlord and be like, um, I want X, Y, Z. And they might think that I'm bluffing and uneducated and whatever. And they're like, no, now before you know it, I'm moving <laughs> when I could have worked something out here. Um, I think that could happen. So how can healthcare providers capitalize on the current real estate? Cause things are crazy right now. Like how, yeah. how does this work in our benefit? So one of the, the messages that, has been uh, made loud and clear to a lot of landlords during the last several economic recessions is that healthcare providers aren't going anywhere. There's certainly going to be the healthcare provider that does go out of business, but it, it, is, it is few and far between. And it's typically going to be a very, very uh, small number, usually a fraction of 1% they're going to go out of a market because of an economic recession. Whereas other industries are just getting torched right now. There's, there's a lot of retailers that are going out, shutting down hundreds of locations, there's a lot of large office users right now that are going to be reducing their footprint, shrinking their size. And a lot of them, for good reason, they realized we don't need to have a, you know, three floors of a downtown high rise in, in Chicago when, you know, only a quarter of our offices is ever full. Or we realize that we can work with video conferencing and other concepts. So a lot of office users right now are going to shrink their footprint. A lot of retailers are going out of business. Healthcare providers aren't going anywhere. They're going to stay here. And so a lot of landlords, I, I personally believe, know and are, are anticipating there being additional vacancy that was not planned before because of COVID and what's happened here. And so if a healthcare provider understands that and has a lease renewal coming up or has a transaction coming up, we do believe there's an opportunity for landlords to get more competitive and more aggressive to lock in a blue chip tenant, which is a healthcare provider on a long-term lease and try to get in front of the upcoming curve of where they might have more vacancy. Makes perfect sense. And you're, we're hearing about so many, so many businesses that go, oh, you know what, we could do this from home. We could do this remote. We, and um, just people changing and, and pivoting um, totally off topic, but it had me realizing how desperately I need an office and how much I cannot work from home and how much I, I love my family and children, but I need my professional space. So I think there's, there's also, there's going to be people just out of necessity going to a work from home model. Um, and then there's going to be people like me that are like, I need the space that are also bad negotiators that need representation. <laughs> so, um, well, and that's the, that's the healthcare provider. The healthcare provider has to have the office space. And that's what we're telling a lot of landlords right now is listen, if you're in an office building, there's a very good chance you're going to lose some, some tenants here soon or they're going to shrink their footprint. If you have a good healthcare provider you're working with or representing or you are a healthcare provider, that's a great chance to capitalize and let the landlord know, listen, in the midst of you losing current tenants, you're about to lose more tenants, you're about to have more vacancy, this is your chance to make a good deal and lock down someone that doesn't go away, that's not going to change their mind in the future and decide to home office because they can't home office. So if you want a good tenant, there's, there's few and farther between that are doing deals right now. This is your chance to capitalize if you're a landlord. And to do that, you're going to have to give us a better, a better deal or better terms. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, 
when you're helping someone, are you able to look at like, do you consider their business growth plans? Like, do you ever advise someone, you know, this is a great office space, but there's no room for you to grow. Um, Cause I, I talk to a lot of people that are like, well, I just bought this practice, but I want to expand it, but I have five apps and I have nowhere to go. Is that, is that part of your conversation? Absolutely. And it's really a balancing act because there's this idea of accommodating future growth, but if you're not going to get there for seven or eight years and you're going to pay a lot of additional rent or expenses on space you're not utilizing, that's challenging. The other side of the coin is true though as well. If you take out a space that's too small that you're going to outgrow in a couple of years and it's going to limit your production, limit your ability to expand the practice, that comes at a very expensive price as well. Ideally, if you're looking at a new space, you could find a blend or a balance between give me a little bit of extra space to grow into where I can, you know, maybe I, I, I plumb and I build out, you know, that sixth, seventh or eighth app, but I don't maybe equip it. I don't, I don't put everything in there. So I've got the space available. It's ready to go. I can call my equipment supplier and, you know, 60 to 90 days later, I can be fully up and running and operational uh, or I could do it even in phases. If you're buying a practice, that's not always the case. And that becomes one of the challenges. If you're buying a practice, you, you have to look at concepts like, are you going to have to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars re-equipping the entire office? Are you going to have to move that, that location in a very short period of time? And if you are, you're really paying twice. You're paying for a, a portion of value with, with the improvements and the goodwill. And then you turn around a couple years later and you need another hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand dollars to move that, that office it becomes a very challenging proposition. So pros and cons of buying a practice, pros and cons of starting a practice, uh, in an ideal scenario, you can find uh, a space size, though, that does fit your short and long-term needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's just important for people. And it's hard when it's your first practice. It's the most challenging when this is the first time you've purchased a business, you've purchased a practice. You want to minimize errors because that's the difference between being successful sometimes and being and really struggling to get things moving. Um, you know, so... Uh, anything you want to leave the audience with in terms of like just advice if they're going into a situation where this will what you do is applicable yeah I think the most important thing to understand is that you should get specialized representation anytime you're dealing with uh, an area that's outside your expertise and especially when you're dealing with a high dollar negotiation it, it can be tempting sometimes for people to say well if I do it myself I'm gonna save money or you know, I, I want to figure out what's going on. I want to be more involved. I want to control more of it. Higher representation doesn't mean that you give up control. You have full control. You are the decision maker and, and you control the, the, the tone and tempo of the process. But the reality is if you're dealing with commercial real estate, you're going up against savvy landlords, savvy listing brokers and agents, and their goal is to make as much money as possible. And we, we joke around, it's, I mean, when, when you, you look at the National Geographic shows on TV, or you're flipping the channels and you see it, I mean, the, the lion is going after the slowest, oldest, weakest, whoever's not paying attention, that, that's who the lion goes after. And, and that's the way landlords look at it. They're not trying to intend- They don't pick out the most delicious looking gazelle? No, that's not no, how it works. No, that's not how it works? It's, it's okay. It's not like they're like, that one looks, looks really healthy, meaty. Delicious. No, which one's not paying attention, which one's injured, which one, uh, who's younger. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a comical uh, analogy, but when the landlord sees someone show up and they realize this person has no clue what they're doing, 
the landlord's mentality is I'm going to make a significant amount of money on this person. And it's not personal. Like it's really not like they just look at it and say, I'm going to take this person for as much as I can. And, and when healthcare providers hear that a lot of times they think to themselves, so why is that the case? And we ask them, like, let me ask, let me ask healthcare providers this question. If you could call Delta dental as a dentist and you could ask them to increase your reimbursement and they would do it, would you make the phone call? Every dentist would say, yes, of course, if I get a higher reimbursement from insurance companies, of course I'm going to do that. Well, our response is, but don't you care that Delta Dental now is going to make less money on you and that they're not going to be as profitable and their shareholders might not make as much money? Your response is, no, of course I don't care about that. That's not my problem. Or if you were going to sell your house and let's say your house is worth 500000 but you're, you had an agent and they said, listen, you know, the person that just looked at the space, their parents live right next door and they want grandma and grandpa to be with the kids and so forth. And so this is the chance for grandma and grandpa to live next door. Your house is the only one that meets that criteria. I think they'll pay 600,000 for it, even though it's only worth 500,000. Are you going to sell your house for 500,000 if someone will pay you six? It's not right. going to happen. Like you're right. going to say, yeah, I'll take six. And so it's the same concept is you need to depersonalize the situation and, and take the emotion out of it and realize the landlord, whether they're a good person or a bad person, doesn't really matter. A lot of times, you know, uh, we'll leave that as a separate topic. <laughs> good or bad person, like them or don't like them, patient or no patient, doesn't matter. The bottom line is if they can get a higher lease rate and it can cost them less money, that's what they're going for. And so it, it's just, it's really important to understand representation is paramount in these scenarios. And I guess the last thing I'd say is, uh, a lot of healthcare providers don't realize this either. Uh, you don't pay. You don't pay your agent. They're they're paid by the landlord or the seller. It's just like residential real estate. And that component, the landlord has an amount of money set aside for their broker and for the tenants or buyers broker. And if a healthcare provider or a tenant does a deal by themselves, they don't save any money. The listing agent just gets a double commission, or the landlord keeps that. Really? Money. Correct. How did I not know this? Well, it, it, that gets into the do it yourself. Like in your, in your mind, it's like, Hey, well, if I, if I mow my yard and don't pay someone to mow my yard, I just saved, you know, $50 or whatever. The reality is the idea is, well, what if someone has already paid to mow so, your yard? So you, so you're, you're not paid based on like what they save you or a percentage or, or even like a flat fee. Like it's, it's built into the transaction. Correct. Correct. And so a landlord, <laughs> a landlord hires a listing agent and they agree on a commission structure. It's different based upon markets. Some markets are different numbers. Some markets are percentages. Some markets are per square foot. It's different in almost every state and every market, but it's a set amount of money that's already pre-negotiated, pre-agreed upon. And wow. so when a tenant shows up thinking, well, if I don't have an agent or a broker, I'm going to save that amount of money. It's, it's a true. double loss. It's a it's double, double loss. All right, so we've given people information that will hopefully make them $100,000. That's what I think if they apply this to the rest of their career easily. So depending, but um, I think this is great. And for, for anyone watching or listening, take this information, apply it to different areas. You're of course going to need to apply this when it comes time to renew your lease, negotiate a new lease, purchase a practice, you're going to have these conversations that come up at those times, but there's, there's nuggets of information that Colin has shared with you today about having specialized representation. We even touched on negotiating with 
um, with Delta Dental, which you guys, that's something you can do as well. So you take this information, if it doesn't necessarily apply to you in this moment, take those nuggets of information and apply it to different areas of your practice. Um, that's why we do this podcast. It's, it's all about what can we learn from each other and, and how can we grow? And selfishly, I feel like it's my own free consulting as well, because in every podcast that I do, I tend to learn something that I had no idea about. So, um, Colin, thank you so much for being here with us today. If, if one of our friends or listeners is interested in, in working with you and your team, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So the best way to reach us is to go to our website, which is car.us and that's C-A-R-R.us. Upper right-hand corner of every page, we have a couple different options. Um, one, you can find an agent, and so you can find an expert agent that uh, represents uh, healthcare providers in the market that you're located in or the market that you'd like to move to. And then we also have uh, another free service that we offer. It's a free lease or purchase evaluation. And if you're in a scenario and you would like to know what it'll look like if you purchased a building, we can run those numbers for you and give you a detailed purchase versus lease comparison if you want to know how your current lease compares to the market, whether you have a relocation or a renewal opportunity coming up, we can look at your lease, do a detailed evaluation and tell you you're $3 a square foot above market. Or if you want to stay, this is what it would look like. If you want to move, here's what it costs. And essentially uh, provide and, and equip people with the information that allows them to make the most intelligent decision for their practice. And it, it lets you know, this is my strategy moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Colin. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for sharing this information and I will see you all soon.